So at this point, I think we can probably safely say with near 100% certainty that Patrick Swayze is a demigod. Um, maybe not a full-on god, which is why I've downgraded him to demigod, um, because, well, he, he, he still could be a god. He just doesn't walk among us um, anymore, sadly. He decided to depart this, this mortal coil... That's what they call it, right? The motor. Well, if he's departing a mortal coil, then he would be a demigod. Anyways, he's heavenly in this movie. He's divine. And, you know, he's divine in all the movies. But his charm, his grace, his effervescence is just on full display in this movie. And it just makes me so happy. And it's one of the main reasons why we go to all the movies that we cover on this show is that these movies can give us those warm feelings even when it gets dark and tragic like this one does it's still somehow so hopeful and man isn't that great anyways patrick swayze demigod in ghost goose frava what is that from anger management goose frava goose frava goose frava um has your anger been managed then? Mine? Yeah, yes. with oh, her great. mantra in anger management. Goose oh. <laughs> I was I don't know why that popped in my head. I was taking a deep breath. Um and I was like, hmm, gonna get to a nice place right now. Hmm. Last week it was such a there was so much negative energy last week. Now oh, we're yeah. in have positive energy. It's like we're at a spa. Goose fraba. And we're we have a clay bowl that we're molding. Mm. And do you hear that? Oh, I think it's the dulcet tones of 1960s R&B coming from our vintage mm. Wurlitzer in the corner. Okay. Can I, can, I, can I Mandela? I have a Mandela effect question for yeah. you. You had never seen this movie before. No. But both Robin and I had, and we both thought that this movie had a scene where Patrick Swayze was a ghost... And he was behind her while she was doing the sexy clay making and that he was trying to touch her while she was doing the clay making. And it wasn't in the movie. And it's not in the movie. It's not in any deleted scenes. You are remembering it wrong. We remembered it wrong, <laughs> but we both remembered it wrong the same way. And it felt very Mandela effecty. So uh, if, yeah. if any listeners out there thought the same thing, you're in good company. Well, I feel like that's the kind of like... Uh, understanding of like everyone has seen Ghost and their understanding of Ghost it, or they haven't seen Ghost but they know what it is and their their thinking is Peaceways is a ghost and he gets all rubby rubby with Demi Moore and he's probably a ghost when they're doing it. And I think there's something about the cover of Ghost like there's some DVD or poster yeah, cover where he's, he's behind ghostly. her and he's ghostly. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I think that's where it comes from. Um, well hey welcome to A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. Uh, sitting across from me is Kelly Song. Hello. And. Oh, I'm sitting kind of. Here, wait. Kitty Sitting corner. to my side is Ryan Graves. Oh, I can be across from you too. Okay. Sitting across from me as well. Ditto. Yeah. 
is Ryan Graves. They did that on Siskel and Ebert every episode. They're like, this, and they introduced the other person oh. there. I feel like I would get that wrong every time. This is Roger. No, I'm Roger. Shit. Who are you? This you, is Gene Siskel. Was Damn it, it. Was it live? Did they no, do it live? No. Okay. <laughs> then it probably would be okay. Man, I was jealous of that work schedule. Though. I was like, dang, I'm going to go watch all the movies that came out this week. <laughs> yeah. And then write about them and then go talk to my buddy about them. Well, Rats. go argue with my buddy about them yeah. for the most part. Well, you, they're going to argue anyways. You yeah. might as well argue about movies. Should we? I uh, mean, you and I, you and I have a mixed like audience some people love when we argue about movies and other people are like no agree and love movies <laughs> it's like my mom never let me never let me fight with my brother because she's like stop fighting and i'm like we are working out our differences <laughs> and I, that's all we're doing when we're fighting i don't anticipate a fight for this episode though i hated this movie no uh, no okay. uh before we watch this movie um before we talk about this movie before we even think about this movie uh-huh I have a game for you. Yay! It's not really a game, but I did want to talk uh, about. Come on, can you just once commit I'll, I'll try to a game? And make it, I, it just came into my head to make it a game, so I got to like okay. gamify it already. Um, okay, first question. You're a dad. This is like the thing you do. We're gonna talk about the director of this movie. I'm not gonna tell you who. Jerry Zucker. Okay, you know his name, but okay. do you know his movies? And no. that is gonna be the game. <laughs> Um, the man Jerry Zucker. Zuckerheimer <laughs> Jerry, he did Pirates of the Caribbean right? Jerry Zuckerheimer did not do Pirates of the Caribbean uh, Jerry Zucker he directed a famous 1980s Val Kilmer movie hmm. which Val Kilmer movie is it and will Robin be disappointed oh yeah I'm throwing a corkscrew at you will Robin be disappointed if you know it or not oh you mean because she just knows 80s movies yeah Specific, specifically Val Kilmer, 80s movies. Which? Oh, I think this is a real genius. I'm sorry, it's not. Damn I, it! I tricked you. I, Damn I, I sent, it! I made it a trick question because I brought Robin in. I, I totally confused the issue. It's Top Secret! Oh! Exclamation point. You know, I've wanted to see Top Secret. I've heard Me it's too. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then, okay, question number two. Hold on. Better chin Val Kilmer or Patrick Swayze? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say peace ways, but not by a long mile, by like a, a short couple of seconds. I'll steps. go with Patrick Swayze too. Yeah, okay. R.I.P. Um okay. <laughs> Which nineties movie mm-hmm. did Mr. Zucker direct that features a James Bond actor and is concerned with the Knights of the Round Table? That would be First Night. Yes, sir. Yes, it would be. First Night. Richard Gere. Mm-hmm. Better chin than Sean Connery or not? Oh, he's got a, he's got a bitch Welcome to chin. chin. Welcome to Chin Cast. Chin talk. He's got a big dimple in his chin, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, last question about Mr. Zucker. Does it have any chins in it? Um, just a few chinny chin chins. The very first movie this mm-hmm. man directed mm. is considered to be one of the greatest comedies of all time. Whoa. You and I watched this together mm-hmm. with one of your exes who did not think it was funny at all. One of my exes. One of my many, many, <laughs> many, many exes. I didn't say multiple exes. I just said a moderate, healthy amount for a man of your age. <laughs> okay. We watched... Oh, oh. Which is it? You know what I'm talking about. His first film? His very first film. Considered to be one of the funniest films of all time, one of your exes didn't think it was funny. 
Okay, because I was <laughs> there was a time when you and I watched Indian Summer. Uh, not me. I don't know what that is. No, no, not Indian Summer. It was uh, the Big Chill. Oh, and I think that's not Sarah, a funny movie. No, it's not a funny <laughs> movie. But I remember. Uh, I my didn't ex- really care for it. Oh, maybe it was you that didn't care for it. That was it. You were that. I was the ex you were thinking <laughs> I'm of. So, I'm sorry. We broke up a long time ago. I forgot. Uh, one of the funniest You're movies gonna of all time. You're going to kick yourself when I tell you. You're going to be like, ah. Oh. Ready? Three. The Court Jester? No, that's way no. too long and ago. And we didn't even watch that together. It's I can't remember. Airplane. Also exclamation point. Airplane. You, you and I. Hold on. That that was a bad. That was a bad thing that you just did because that wasn't me. Yes, it was. Want to know a secret? I've only seen Airplane on TV, like on TNT, in multiple bits. Well, then where were you? I, I definitely I watched there. it with one of your exes. Oh. And I was laughing the whole time, and she did not laugh. Oh, it wasn't with me. Oh. Oh, maybe that was the problem. <laughs> maybe absence makes the heart grow fonder, I, and she I just missed you. I win by default. <laughs> really? Good You game, must though. have been at work. You must, must have been, been at down work. at Saucebox. I do remember you... At complaining about this at one point in time yeah. though so i was basically there well do you ever want have one of those nights where you're watching a comedy and it's just you and one other person and uh-huh. you're laughing the whole time and the it's other the person has just crossed their arms just like i don't get it it's it's far worse when you come out of a movie theater though and you were just like oh that was amazing and the one thing that you want to do is like just have some camaraderie with the yeah. person you're with and they're like mm. <laughs> and you're like oh oh man goodness go to go run a gulag <laughs> Mr. Zucker also directed one of my favorite stupid comedies, Rat Race. Oh, I love Rat Race. As well as he was an executive producer on Police Squad and r- produced all the Naked Gun movies. Wow, what a storied career he's so had. So Jerry Zucker is mostly known for a very silly, goofy comedy career, but here he is making Ghost. After, in 1990, when all he had done was Airplane, Police Squad, and um, he hadn't even made First Night yet. Wow. But once you make Ghost, so, then it's like, okay, you can do a King Arthur It's movie. an interesting turn from comedy to drama rather yeah. than the other way around. Yeah. But there is something... I can kind of see it, can't you? Yeah. No, I, I totally can. Like, Where, he seems to have an awareness of, like, timing, at least. Yeah. Like, all of, all of Airplane oh, is about timing. Everything Whoopi does in this movie is oh, yeah. so sharp and perfect. <laughs> Whoopi is... <laughs> Whoopi's comedy is gold in this movie, and I love Whoopi. But there are times in this movie where I'm like, I'm also on on uh, Peaceways' like, side, and I'm just up. like, shut up, <laughs> just 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 just, just <laughs> bring bring it down just a little bit. You're gonna get us in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, in that case, let me just tell you a story. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. Ask about love. Probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean, that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Patrick Swayze breaks into a abandoned loft apartment. Oh, yeah. It's very mm-hmm. creepy and scary. And spooky. And he just drifts around for a long time. I loved that I got to watch this on the night of Halloween. Yeah, it was. It was. It opens a lot spookier than it actually yeah. is. And I just love that expectation of like, all right. Because there's, you know, in the 90s, there wasn't a lot of like ways to communicate what this movie was. You just had word of mouth and trailers and posters sure. and mm-hmm. Siskel and Eber and that was it. And so it's like, all right, here's the new movie. Ghost. 
And so they're like, I don't know what we're getting into. And it just kind of feels on brand for a movie called Ghost. It has a very creepy opening. Yeah, it really does. It's it's setting you up for a movie that doesn't exist until far later in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we meet Patrick Swayze with a sledgehammer, and it's like, this is a good bodice ripper opening, too. Yeah. Like, yes. like him and Demi Moore and their friend, uh, who is a Goldwyn. Is he related to the Samuel Goldwins? Um, maybe just- <laughs> The Hollywood Goldwins? Maybe just the Charlie Goldwins of Connecticut. Uh, this is Tony Goldwyn. Um, Doesn't say. Well, he was born in L.A. Um, <laughs> wait, uh- Yes, his father is Samuel Goldwyn Jr. Whoa, <laughs> called it. Wow. Wow, that is um, royalty right there. Who, who Samuel Goldwyn Jr. produced Mystic Pizza. Oh, thank you. You know, I actually really <laughs> like Samuel Goldwyn's, um, like that the blue opening. Yeah. What, what, what do you call that? Yeah, the logo? The, the tag. Yeah, the, it's really cool. I like it. It's classy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we got the three of them and they're setting up this apartment that the other two have bought and- mm-hmm. There is this scene, you're right, very bodice rippery because, you know, she has a sledgehammer and they have sledgehammers and they're both, they're both naked. Not well, naked, <laughs> sorry. They just don't have their shirts on. Yeah. Well, she has like a tank top. I was just envisioning them naked. Yeah, it is. Hot. It's very hot. But the difference between Tony Goldwyn's abs. Oh, yeah. And Patrick Swayze's. Patrick Swayze has a dancer's body mm-hmm. and it is delicious and it is choice and it is lithe and it is strong. Mm-hmm. And then you have S- S- Tony Goldwyn's, not Samuel Goldwyn, yeah, Tony, Tony Goldwyn's. Goldwyn, he's like, yeah, he's okay. No, no, he has, he has jacked abs. Like, yeah, but he has he's like standing eight abs. next to Patrick Swayze. No, th- I mean, the difference isn't that Tony Goldwyn is, has less attractive of a body. It just feels more... It feels more intentionally muscly, whereas mm-hmm. Patrick Swayze feels built from circumstance. Yeah. It's like, that guy's been dancing for a while. That's why he's in good shape. Oh, yeah. You go to the gym every You try week, hard. That's why you're in good shape. Which is kind of uh, in character. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was a fun way to set it up, yeah. even if it wasn't intentional. How recent was the last time you watched this movie? And how many times oh, have you seen it? end of high school, probably. And okay. I've only seen it twice. Okay. Um, yeah, again, first time. And we're going to, this is a very spoilery movie. So if yeah, you haven't yeah. seen it, spoilers, spoilers abound. all the way. Um, so they're setting up this cool ass New York City apartment. Huge. Huge, gigantic. Like they got in in the late 80s. Like, There's still trash everywhere. Like later on, this is going to be worth a lot of money. Like I don't think, I don't know. New Yorkers, tell me. Is this still possible to like find a pretty dilapidated space in downtown? <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, Ryan, if you go into any of the businesses where nobody's going back ho, to work, ho, 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 ho. no, 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 not any of those. But, <laughs> but like, it, this is like a Portland thing where it's like you probably twenty years ago probably could find a lot of houses to flip downtown Portland. Oh, for sure, apartments to flip. But now I feel like it's probably been covered. Robin, it's, it's Robin talks done. about she used to live near Wallace Park in Portland, which is like a pretty affluent neighborhood. Uh, but it was like back in the day before it was expensive. Yeah. And she was like, you know, there was a one point in time there was a house over there that was like $220,000, which now is closer to like probably a million dollars yeah. just because nobody can afford houses. Yeah. You all know. Yeah. Who am I talking to out there? Yeah, we get it. Um, but yeah, it feels like they got on the ground, not on the ground floor, on like no. the second floor of this place. But they got a killer deal, and all they had to do was like knock some walls down and clean everything up, and yeah. it's good to go. And she's got it like it's she's an artist. Yeah, she's a sculptor. Like she makes a pot or two, but she makes weird art too. Yeah, she's yeah. got some really cool installations. I'm like, okay, you're 
you're pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I like when they're setting up and Patrick Swayze helps them bring the, the angel in. Yeah. That scene is fantastic because yeah. like he, he runs and jumps with his legs and kicks, kicks it out. And then he brings the angel in that's being hoisted through the second story window. So we see the angel and then somebody's carrying a, um, a mirror, right? Yeah. That and was it, a cool setup. It was a cool setup, but it's, it's thematically great because it shows the three of them in the mirror and then Patrick Swayze kind of like walks past the mirror and then you don't see him in the mirror and, and, and then it cuts to like just a little further away and there's this thing covered with a big white sheet that kind of looks like a ghost. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, this whole setup up is so great in well, this that, movie the mirror shot reminds me of the mirror shot that's in contact do you mm. know what i'm talking oh, about i do yeah you um, guys, that one's that one's more complicated for yeah, sure you guys just youtube contact mirror shot it'll blow your mind like even just look at a gif of it it just yeah. freaks your brain out and the way like i mean actually you know what you can go just look up how they did it but they literally just carried a mirror yeah, next to the camera while she was running the entire time. Crazy. Oh, it's, it's just, so it's so insane. It's so weird. Anyways, the there's so much iconography in this movie that's just kind of like omens and like mm-hmm. charms. Like yeah. he finds a lucky penny. Yeah. And there's a cat who doesn't like him. And yeah, yeah. There's yeah. the angel and what well, else the cat is there? doesn't not like him until he's a ghost. Right. Yeah. But the cat, the cat itself is you know, one of the great icons of like, it's, it's a lot of like spiritual ghosty archetype stuff. Yeah. yeah. I've, it was, was there any other big icons? Cause I felt like the movie was doing a pretty good job of being consistent. Well, I mean, uh, they, they do have like the, the psychic that can talk to ghost, which is kind yeah. of, you know, uh, necessary iconic. to the plot. <laughs> it's necessary to the plot, which is why I guess it's not just a, an item. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of totems. Yeah, totems are good. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, I wish there was like a, sometimes these are like radios where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, a radio will pop up and um, through the static, you can hear ghost voices or something like that. Like in Frequency. Like in the movie Frequency, right, Ryan, where like they use frequency. frequency. Dennis Quaid, <laughs> check it out. 2000. It's a good movie. Uh, so Why would a phone have a motivation <laughs> to kill you? So uh, the... What, what do we, we, we just kind of meet them. And the yeah. first act is just kind of devoted, devoted to showing us their lives. Cause then we see Patrick Swayze at work and he's like, well, I have a dancer's body, but you know, I got to have a real job, you know? <laughs> and it's funny because like he's, he's chatting back and forth with his friend and he's nervous about a thing and his friend's like, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. I love their little elevator gag. gag. Oh, it's so funny. It's hilarious. Um, and then it's funny when he's, he's walking to his office and he, finds the older lady in, mm-hmm. in the office and he's like, Hey, looking great. And then a really hot, like young person he's comes like, over. Hey, she's like, hi, nice to meet you. And he's like, Hey, Hey. <laughs> and it, it I, at first I thought they were setting him up to be like a little bit of a lech. And I'm like, how would you do that to this character? Yeah. And it's like, Oh no, I see what nah, you're doing. He's, super he's just charming. a nice guy. So he works at a bank and that's, that's basically what we get. And all right, let's just spill the beans now of spoilers because right. they start layering in this thing where his friend is his friend and he's very innocent, but and, and it got, looks like they've been best friends for a long time. Yeah. But I got right away. I'm like, nope, I'm suspecting you. Yeah. Tony Goldwyn kind of looks like a bad guy. Yeah. And there's this moment in the bank where uh, Patrick Swayze is like, there's $11 million in our accounts. That's way too many in this account. And his friend's like, 
Oh, weird. Hey, let me distract you with something. Yeah. Uh, he's like, <laughs> I don't want you thinking about this. Don't even worry about it. I'll take care of it. Yeah. And it's like, from that point on, we know. And we get that there's like these go codes that only Patrick Swayze has and they're written down and he has to like look them up and yeah. enter them. And, well, we, and it, it kind of feels like they both have the keys to the nuclear device or but something. You need both keys. You need both keys. Yeah. Just like in Goldeneye. Great James Bond. I wonder if they ripped this off. Yeah, I think Gold and I, produ- the James Bond producers are like, Ghost, huh? All right. Got well, they're like, here. I, I see you've done Airplane and mm. Ghost. You mm. guys are onto something. There's maybe, imagine if James Bond in his next movie, No Time to Go- Die. Is that what that's about? Yes. James Bond fighting ghosts? Yes. No Time to ghosts. Die. There's already people who are dead. David Green is a ghost in that movie. <laughs> is David Green in that? Her ghostly oh, presence. because she was, you know, in Casino Royale. Exactly. That's right. Spoilers again. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's obvious. But if you missed Tony Goldwyn being a bad guy, it, I it think, would be more delicious. I think the real reveal would be really good. Yeah, but I, I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like you're blindsided by it, or you're just kind of like knew it. It's. I think there's a lot of new it audience members that yeah. are enjoying themselves. Yeah. I know Sarah would have seen it a billion miles before even me. Sure. I mean, I don't know. Like they, I, I can't even remember the first time. Yeah. Um, but so that's, that's, that's the setup. That's yeah. what, that's what we got. Um, and we, we get their life at home and, uh, have some very sexy, like, uh, pottery making. <laughs> it's really sexy. It's good. Like he, t- the, and the sex scene that they film is really great. Just the, we don't get a lot of classic eighties profile makeouts anymore. Yeah. It's a good makeout like shot yeah that's how a lot should be done and it's like they hide it with ots a lot these days Mm -hmm. uh that's over the shoulder for you normies out there oh yeah uh the having just watched dirty dancing Mm -hmm. um it's really interesting that there is almost an identical shot and maybe there's a super cut of like patrick swayze's back because there's a shot where demi moore is like I'm lifting his shirt. grazing my oh, fingers yeah. on your back. And I'm like, ooh, that looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm pretty sure the exact same framing and like moment is in Dirty, in Dirty Dancing, Dancing when she, when Jennifer Grey and him. Well, I mean, maybe it was in his contract. You yeah. got a back like that. You might as well use well, it. Well, I'm also wondering like there may, there may be a hat trick where it's in Roadhouse too, where like the hot lady in that is like, ooh, I like your back. Because he's got a... He is, like you said, that dancer's physique is just... Mm. You know, there is a moment in Red Dawn when he seduces like a Russian spy. No, he doesn't. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But Patrick Swayze is like a James Bond-esque figure who's got to seduce the bad guy. Oh. I'd like to see that. Well, in this one, he doesn't. Him <laughs> and Demi Moore, they have what amounts to a very sensual but very chaste sex scene. Yeah. 1980s wise yeah and it's it's really great because it's not trying to show this like dramatic story of like two people falling in love the way that dirty dancing goes no. it's like we're establishing this guy's life their life their love yeah and establishing the stakes of like because we kind of know that something bad's going to happen yeah and we're establishing we don't want that to happen right because like he's a banker and she's an artist and you know, she's not super successful or anything. And in fact, I think in this, she gets panned by the New York times. Yeah. And he's like, don't worry. Hey, about don't worry it. about it. Um, and, but he's, he can take care of them. And so they feel safe. Mm-hmm. Right. And the way that their love is where he, he feels 
safe with her, but he's also worried about losing her. Yeah. In that, that way that I think a lot of people who have had good things going for them at a certain point in time, but have experienced bad things in the past. Like, yeah, you have that worry. There's gotta be a name for that or like a German word for that, you know? Yeah. I, I have this, like, I think it's a complex that all of us have growing up with watching movies and for girls, there's the like Disney princess complex of like showing the, all these movies of what your life ought to be like, be like, you know, these Disney princesses. Mm-hmm. For me, it was like all these movies of like the perfect man had the perfect life until he lost everything. And I'm like, am I going to lose everything too? There's a great Bluey episode about this actually, oh. where Bluey's watching a movie and she's trying to relate to the main character, but it's like this character of like, there must be more to life than this kind of song. And Blue's like, wait, am I not experiencing life correctly? Like she gets really confused and uh-huh. dad's like, don't worry about it, Blue. It's just it's a movie. I wish I wasn't different. Oh man, the songs. I wish I was One popcorn, please. Sure. Bingo, don't touch that. Dad, am I different like Chunky is? Huh? Uh, yeah, well, uh, no. Bingo, no, mate. I think I am different. I'm the only one of my friends who doesn't watch movies. I wish I wasn't different. Look, mate, I'm pretty sure that by the end of the movie, everyone will like that the monkey was different. But I there's a all, there's movies like Ghost where it's like you're the perfect man with the perfect life. And I'm like, that's gonna happen. I don't want to lose everything, but I have the perfect life. So what right are your now. what are your defenses uh, against losing my perfect life? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Can I tell you one of mine psychologically? Oh, like you say, get out of here, intrusive thought. What no, do you do? No, the opposite of that. Uh, well, not the opposite. Oh, but you embrace the intrusive thought? <laughs> it's more like this, this thought where it's like, I can't hubristically think that my life is great and perfect because as soon as I think that, it will be destroyed. Right. And so I always have to be negative about <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good defense. Be a real cynic about your life. Not a big cynic. You just have to have at least a chink in your armor and see it. Yeah, I, I mean that, that might just be healthy living, though. But that's all the other like great storytelling in our life will remind us of like you. I think most people have this feeling of like we don't have everything we want, but we got what we need, and there is the fulfillment Can't of always get what. Sorry, <laughs> there's the fulfillment of having your family and you know having some kind of shelter maybe it's not the exact house having that you sex want, with patrick swayze that's that's pretty good i mean that's that's you, that's pretty damn good if you good. have sex with patrick swayze or demi Moore, you're like Ooh, is this the I top i would be really worried is this like, the top that Am is I gonna fall? that is pretty perfect sorry to all other spouses that exist right now you know <laughs> but you know it's true all other spouses i would know it's true if i was the other spouse yeah i mean look at him look at that back i just want to graze my fingers all up over them do you like demi Moore's haircut um this is the the haircut I think Lisa Kudrow wanted in that Friends episode, right? Oh yeah, is I'm it? Pretty sure. I mean, I like it. Yeah, I'm here for it. She looks, she's fantastic. She's great in this movie. Yeah. So they make the love, and <laughs> um, they go to the theater. They watch. Oh, this Macbeth. is the other totem. He says we're going to see Macbeth. I'm like, don't don't say it. Too, sorry, too Do late. Not say it. What are you supposed to call it instead? The, the play. Just the play. I think it's the play. Starring the, or, or maybe it's the Scottish play. Yeah, the Scottish play about yeah. the royalty, 
right? Something, <laughs> I don't think you have to get that. I, I think it's something like that. Yeah, the Scottish flag. Yeah, the Scottish flag. Yeah. He cursed but it's himself. A, it's, a, it's a hold on though, because he's in a movie, and we don't have we don't have. Do we have that for the movie? Like, don't say Godfather three. <laughs> <laughs> or or if you say Godfather 3 three times, then you'll make Sofia Coppola show up and like die in your arms. No, God, no! Just don't say Godfather 3 again. I did it again! No! <laughs> you just can't. One more time. Yeah. Don't. Okay, well, okay. I won't. I promise I won't. Godfather 3! Ah! Uh, so, yeah, he curses himself. <laughs> Not literally, but... No, but... They, they're walking down a scary New York uh, alleyway, alleyway, so just for fun. you're kind of asking for it. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, oh, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> excuse me. No, Patrick Swayze was asked, like, he was wearing a red shirt, too. <laughs> it was basically made for bullet holes. Yeah. So this rough looking guy comes up to him, is in the process of a mugging. Totally. And Patrick Swayze's like, I will defend myself. Well, Patrick Swayze was being chill, actually. He was like, it's okay. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. Yeah. And then- she like Demi Moore says something and the guy smacks her with the gun. Yeah. Then he takes and the so opportunity. Patrick Swayze's like, I think it's half opportunity, half just like, don't you, that's my yeah, Demi Moore. Exactly. And so there's a struggle, a gun mm. goes off and then we see the, the mugger run away and we see Patrick Swayze chase after him. So did you in this moment think that he was running after him and then he would realize he'd been shot and sink to his knees? Um, I think I saw that coming only because I think it's in the trailer. Well, it doesn't happen in the movie. Wait, wait, what was your question? Well, so what I thought was happening is because like the gun goes off and then Patrick Swayze chases him, uh -huh. right? And then he like slows down at one point in time. Uh -huh. And I thought, oh, this is the point where we're going to see him from a distance, like look down, bring oh. his hand away and then oh. like fall. And then Demi Moore was going to run after him because it also was a really beautiful shot. So I thought they were going to linger on it for a yeah. while. But what happens instead is he turns around and sees his dead body being, mm -hmm. or his dying body being held by Demi Moore. Yeah. Which and she's is, like trying to take off his shirt and desperately touches back. She's like, is this yeah. helping? <laughs> it's so life-giving usually. <laughs> um, I like that this movie has the same exact like um, eschatology or spirituality of Who Framed Red Rabbit because if a tune dies in oh, that, yeah. you're like your soul like leaves your body in yeah. a very like animated way. And, and because a lot of, not every time, but a lot of the times, sometimes when they, it wasn't even required of the shot, Patrick Swayze was filmed on green screen. Yeah. And it really does give him like an otherworldly yeah, out of body like feeling. That shitty compositing actually like, works, works really <laughs> well here. Uh, so he's like, I, and may it be said on the record, this movie kind of, Here's my like full assessment because I've seen several Patrick Swayze movies now. Like I hadn't watched any until a couple years ago. I watched Point Break, Dirty Dancing, mm -hmm. this movie, um, Roadhouse, Donnie Darko. Have you seen Red Dawn? I haven't seen Red Dawn. Okay. Um, any other significant Patrick Swayze movies I should know about? Well, I think those are all the ones I've seen. Yeah, those are the biggies. Plus Red Dawn. Yeah. Um, I think my assessment of him is technically he's not the greatest actor, but he's probably the most open-hearted performer. He gives everything of his heart into the role that he's in, mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, Dirty Dancing or this, or even sure. Roadhouse. Like, uh -huh. Roadhouse is such a silly movie. Sure. And he plays it with such conviction. Yeah, no, he is extremely sincere and extremely convicted, and I do believe... I. I, I, you're right. He's not the greatest actor of all time, but I do think he does a really good job crafting character. Yeah, because of that that heart 
yeah. that he's put putting into it. You're talking like right now you're about to bring up like when, when he dies and realizes he's that he's walking, dying. He's looking at his dead body and he's like, oh, someone ate my pizza. Like it's well, just... I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's just who this, is he Kevin McAllister well no but there's this like very hammy thing it's like technically I think it's, this is not your best no, but you're all in so I'm not gonna deny you this you're I, so I'm, good I'm in halfway that there with you but I also think that there is a horror on his yeah. face that is to be believed yeah because if you saw yourself and you were dead and you were watching the person you love cry over your dying body yeah like I don't know he brings a sense of pathos to this part that even if it is a bit mm-hmm. goofy looking, I I'm like, well, I might look like that too. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And it could be one of those things where Zucker was like, no more, more. And like, he probably had like, a perfect, no! yeah, he probably had a perfect take like halfway in there, but Zucker's like, no, no, no. He's like, I, I want to take eight. Horror. And he, you know, this is 10 out of 10, like energy. How, how bad would it be if like this was his Stanley Kubrick shot where he's like, okay, we're on take 56. <laughs> like, Give it uh, to me. Patrick. So he's like, fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot. But like I said, the conviction in the heart that he puts into this whole movie mm. is what I'm just so like moved by. Me too. And then we do another trope of ghosty type movies where... Right after you die, there is a jump in time all there, over the place. This is the most inspired filmmaking during in the midst of the scene. It's so cool. I don't know whose idea it was. So what happens is he's watching his dead body and then mm-hmm. there's like a like the scene seems to end. Well, there's first there's the portal to heaven that he oh, de- right. denies. So the light shows up. Mm-hmm. And again, the iconography it's like mm-hmm. the light is mm-hmm. calling he's looking up to the there's light there's like all these motes floating yeah. around. The, the light is friskulating almost. yeah exactly and he like looks up to the light and you can you can almost imagine someone say go to the light <laughs> and he's like no no i don't want no. to and he he rejects the light and mm-hmm. he turns away from the light and he goes back to he's got Demi unfinished Moore. business yeah he's got unfinished business thank you casper for teaching mm-hmm. me all about that that's how it goes um, Casper got all of its good ideas from Ghost. <laughs> I mean, Hold that on, was no. the first development mm. meeting they were having in yeah. Casper. They're like, well, what's the best Ghost movie of all time? Ghost. Now, I'm wondering <laughs> if the cartoon show of Casper dealt with unfinished business or if it was all just antics. Uh, did you not watch the original cartoon? He no, was there really. for a vendetta. <laughs> oh, he was he was a spiteful ghost, yes, uh, exactly. a vengeful ghost. Um, so he's watching. So he turns away from the light. But then mm-hmm. we get this like it feels like the scene is over and we've moved on. And he like wakes up in a cold sweat. And we're like, maybe this movie isn't about him becoming a ghost. Maybe it's something else because it feels very real. Right. Like uh-huh. oh, it was just a nightmare. And right. we've definitely had those nightmares. I've specifically had the nightmare of, oh no, I got shot trying to protect my family. I died. And then you woke up with an angel. <laughs> no. Well, yes, in a in a way. Um, and oh, those dreams are so freaky. Mm-hmm. Have you had that dream? Where I've been shot? Yeah. I've been stabbed oh. before. Ugh. Yeah. So he has that, oh my God, it's just a dream. And Demi Moore starts staring at him in a very like dream figure way mm-hmm. and it's like oh it's not real yeah. and then he, he like wakes up again he has another dream within that dream of the angel that they were like lifting up from earlier in the movie mm-hmm. like falls and like breaks and it's so creepy surreal like it has that taste of david lynch but in a movie that's like 1980s 1990 like 
gooiness. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like a like if you're if David Lynch was a meal. Yeah, it's hard to swallow because like it's like you're oh it's like you're eating uh what's that is it the puffer fish where it's like one out of every eight of these is mm-hmm. like if it's if it's not prepared right oh, it right. will kill you yeah that's what a David Lynch meal feels like yeah but this is like that but you know it's safe yeah exactly. because it's it's a like 80s romance it's movie. just a little dollop on your whole meal so yeah. you can have that little bit of bitter of like yeah. and so then he comes snaps out of this weird dreamlike reverie yeah and he's in the hospital watching him be dead and watch Demi Moore walk away and he gets approached by another ghost yeah and, and they, yeah, and nice he's con, he's so. just like a nice old man who's waiting for his wife to die. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, it looks like she's gonna pull for dang it. Yeah, and I I just like this little fantasy world that has this kind of like in in engine like what what's it called like the lore of like yeah, yeah. this is just how ghosts work. There's a there's a whole TV show about this um, also called Ghosts. No, oh, there's another there's, there's a new show called Ghosts. Yeah, about a I wonder. I don't know what that's actually about. But yeah, this one's is it six feet under or dead like me? Oh, right. Yeah. I think it's dead like me. One of those. Yeah, where where it's just about a bunch of ghosts who help people be ghosts, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, 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 I like there's something romantic about this guy that we meet who's just like waiting for his wife to die, and you think, oh, maybe after that they'll move on together. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and they see another guy die, and he goes to the light, and right. we see... Lucky like, devil. Yeah, just going straight to the wherever and, it is. And since we see this happen, we also, like, he's like, oh, that's good, because when the other one happens, it's freaky. And so it's it's like, there's a little foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Literal mm-hmm. foreshadowing, because they're, uh, they're shadows. But I like, I like how they're like, this is how it works. Right. Like, I'm a ghost, you're a ghost, there's ghosts over there. Here's the rules. You might be hanging out here. Mm-hmm. You might go up to the good place. You might be taken down to the bad place, but that's how it works here. Yep. And Patrick Swayze is like, oh, okay. And, and he's then like, he's at the funeral. Well, yeah, and he also gets like told, like, you'll get used to- watch out for doors. Yeah, you'll get used to doors. Don't worry yeah. about it. And I just like the very commonplaceness of it all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we see him actually pass through a person and like- <laughs> the magical realism of like, well, he saw inside that person. Yeah. I mean, it was it was an unnecessary shot for the movie to continue, but I liked it. It gets at that like there's like physics involved with what's going on here. Yeah, and it, I think what it does is it helps us relate to Patrick Swayze's character not just in a cerebral way, but yeah. it, like you say, we're saying like in a physical way where we are concerned for his experience. Yeah. Which is hard to do for a ghost. But there's also just practical things that we need to understand in order to enjoy the plot is that we need to be told and educated that he cannot manipulate the physical world. Right. At least for now. For now. Um, he has a hard time moving through spaces. He needs the door literally held open for him. But that doesn't necessarily mean he can't go through doors. It's just something that he needs to overcome. But he can teleport. And we're not sure why, but that's okay. Yeah, I was waiting. There's a part where he jumps into a subway. I was waiting for it, the subway to keep going and have it so that he realizes yeah. that he needs to go with the subway. Yeah, because like he's a like spirit. he just needs to concentrate or something. <laughs> yeah, because mm-hmm. like he's not going with it because it's not taking him anywhere. Well, they don't they don't get super granular about this. Um, but when later on when he's learning to move objects, mm-hmm. the the ghost that's teaching him is like, do you think that's, you know, a floor that you're standing on? Do you yeah. think, you know, you're actually doing any of these things? And I like the idea of he's able to go downstairs and stand on ground and stuff only because it's so natural to him that he wouldn't think he couldn't. Mm-hmm. 
Like that, like there's something mentally that gets him over that, that, and I'm sure there's been like some ghost thing that's talked about this, but I like, I like, we use this term a lot nowadays, or I do anyway, but the inside baseball of how ghosting works. Yeah. It's really fun. It's really cool. So he just kind of haunts Demi Moore and this kind of like, he seems kind of bored because like, man, you can't manipulate anything. You have to watch your person grieve you. Yeah. Like that's got to suck. And then she sees, she sees... Or he sees like his best friend like helping out, and if you missed that he was the bad guy, you're just like, oh no, this is going to be about her falling in love with this other guy. Yeah, please do not do that. Yeah. Uh, so then we get that we find out that the mugger came to their apartment mm-hmm. and was looking for something. So it's like all of a sudden, whoa, this thing is blowing wide open. I just yeah. don't know what it is. And so Patrick Swayze follows this guy, follows him back and realize like something's something's up. Something's yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, blah, blah, blah. We skip ahead. Yada, yada, yada. We find out that the friend is involved and is behind the murder. Well, yeah, but before that, we meet um, Whoopi Goldberg. Do we meet her then? Yeah, because it's when he comes out of that guy's apartment. Uh, oh, okay. I'm forgetting the chronology of events. So yeah. catch me up. What, so, what happened So basically, next? like, he, he goes and sees that this guy killed him, and now he's, like, gonna go back and get something else from Demi's apartment. And right. it also doesn't seem like this guy... This guy was thinking about killing her, perhaps. Yeah. Like, like that wasn't his job, but he was putting on gloves that looked it like very, he was... It was very possible. Gonna, and she has a small neck. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but when he leaves that, he, he like walks for a couple of minutes and then on that same block is Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. He wanders in. And I also like this idea of just him like, well, I can kind of go anywhere I want in a way and I can just kind of watch this, like whatever this is. And he's like, she's a spook. She's, she's not even like telling the truth. He's, she's just a con artist. But as he's, as he's watching her and making, I like, I like how we learn this. They do it so well. Cause as she's doing her fake you know, uh, psychic stuff. Yeah. Um, he starts commenting on it and And she's like, and we don't get right away that, that she knows because like, she's looking around as if like she might be seeing a ghost or, Mm -hmm. or something like, and then slowly she like understands that somebody else is there and that she's hearing a real ghost and it freaks Whoopi out. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. And Patrick Swayze basically corners her. He's like, you got to help me. And he bothers her until she does. And she's like, I'm not going to do it. He's like, fine. And he just literally haunts her and he just sings. I am the Henry VIII. I I am. am. Herman Um, Hermits, everybody. I I love I love Patrick Swayze singing annoyingly. Yeah, me too. It's really nice. And she's like, fine. I am Henry VIII. I am Henry VIII. I am. I am. I got married to the widow next door. She's been married seven times before, and everyone was Henry. Henry! And now Willie Arthur. No, sir! Him the eighth old man of Henry. Henry VIII. I am. I am. Henry VIII. I am. Second verse, same as the first. I am Henry VIII, I am Henry VIII, I am, I am. I got married to the widow next door. All right, all right, all right, stop singing. I'll go anywhere you want to, just don't sing anymore. That was a good whoopee impression. Yeah, and so she goes to talk to Demi Moore. And I love when scenes like this happen in movies, mm-hmm. when one person is trying to prove something and they know something that they shouldn't know. And they know enough things where it's like, I can't deny it anymore. Yeah. Which is why we needed that half an hour 
what was it half an hour maybe 20 minutes of just their life together so we know it's like it's not these arbitrary things that we're just being told now that right. this is part they, of it. They've had a life together. Yeah, Even like, though we don't know all those things in particular. But we had all the details it. of like, yeah. yeah, the ditto thing. Tell her the ditto thing. We yeah, know exactly. about the ditto thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Love that stuff. And so she she convinces Demi that she's possibly in danger. Mm-hmm. Well, no, she says, you in danger, girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Gotta get that trailer moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And... Uh, but Demi is like, uh, you know, okay, great. I know this now. I'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. And Whoopi leaves because she's annoyed. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of good. I really like the dynamic of all three of them yeah. is, is really good because Patrick is annoying Whoopi and Whoopi is annoying Patrick. And Patrick just wants to say words, but it has to go through this filter, which is just, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, so Demi Moore is like, okay, message received, and so she, well, she tells the the friend, yeah, who is the you know Mr. Goldwyn Jr. And so Jr. we figure out that his scheme is that he's working with these bad dudes and is in a mon- money laundering thing, and yeah. was going to have had his friend murdered so he can get the codes to like do this laundering. No, and that's thing. that's uh, he wasn't actually trying to have his friend murdered. He was having trying to have his friend mugged. So that the guy would, ba- he basically, he needed the guy to steal his wallet so he could get the codes. Oh, and, to steal it. Okay. Yeah. And so when he shows up, he was like, you weren't supposed to kill him. Mm. Like, and so it's this hard thing because this movie is like, this guy is a villain, which he is. He's laundering a bunch of money for drug cartels. Yeah. First, not cool. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, he was having his friend mugged so that he could do it and putting him in a dangerous situation. It just got out of his control. Yeah. Which we see these characters like in a TV show, like Lost or something. Yeah. Like all these characters who have done bad things before, but we're more apt to forgive once we get to know them more. Right. And then... This guy's beyond forgiveness. Well, but not because he's necessarily done anything worse than any of those characters. Like Sawyer and Kate have done bad things that have gotten them into trouble. But maybe they're not bad people. Right. And that's what the TV show takes episode upon episode yeah. on episode to forgive us yeah. or to give us so that we forgive them. But this movie is like, no, 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 no. He sucks. Well, he, this guy breaks bad. Cause he, he like, really does. He breaks super bad because he like just keeps doubling down on the stuff that he's done and to try and like finish it up, which yeah. I feel like we have all those like terrified feelings of like, oh man, if I if I actually killed someone like in the nightmare I just had yeah. last night, what I don't, would happen? I, I think I would keep running. I don't <laughs> think I'd turn myself in. And then, oh man, but what if like a cop shows up and and then I kill him too? Because and you to can, hide it, <laughs> you get that Hitchcock like suspense. Like uh, and Tony Goldwyn sells it. Yeah, he is the most stressed out human He's totally I've seen in, in a movie for a while. It's great. Yeah. And like each, it's funny because for him, he keeps getting these moments. He's like on a roller coaster where he, he's like, oh, I fixed this problem. Oh no, there's another problem. Yeah. I fixed this problem. Oh no, a bigger problem. Yeah. So the mugger guy was supposed to break in and steal the little book. He didn't do it. And so Tony is like, Tony does. I'll do it. I'll, I'll figure out a time to do it. And it's like, that seems maybe you should have done that in the first place and not send the mugger to right. do that. I know what a, what an easier solution. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're, you're there all the friend. time. Yeah. But there was a moment where he almost had it because they were going through his stuff earlier in the movie and right. it was his little black book. And he was trying to take it. And Demi yeah. Moore's like, Oh, that's yeah. just his address book. He's like, Oh, of course I don't need that. Mm, yeah. And it's funny that. because if you didn't know what was going on, you would have missed it. Yeah. And to be honest, 
all of this could have been fixed if you just like spilled coffee on your buddy's pants and we're like, right. Oh shoot. Hold on. <laughs> Let me here change out of those. I got a, a clean pair. Let me bring these to get laundered. I'll, yeah. And then you like just slip it out of his wallet yeah. real quick like that. All I needed to do. Ugh, so easy. <laughs> Tony Coleman's like, of course. Uh, so yeah. So basically Demi Moore tells Tony this. He's like, okay, you're weird. Um, ghosts don't exist. Yeah. That, don't worry about it. But then she also goes to the cops, and the cops are like... Ghosts don't exist. Ghosts don't <laughs> exist. Also, Whoopi Goldberg is a criminal and a con artist, and right. she conned you. Yeah. And Demi Moore mostly believes them. Right. But not totally. Not totally. Yeah. She's, But seeing her cry makes me sad. Ugh. It's the worst. She's got good cries. Yeah. And uh, like Patrick, we're no, we know what is going on with the bad guys because Patrick Swayze is clocking all of it. Yeah. For us. Yeah. So he also gets thrown off a train by a mean ghost. Oh, right. So there's this time where he goes on the subway because he's, he's um, just ghosting yeah. <laughs> Tony Goldwyn and the subway man like sees him and he's another ghost yeah. and he like comes right at him and it's really scary. It's really effective. He's a scary dude. He's yeah. also a character actor from that time period. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't remember his name, but he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. And he like, he sees Patrick Swayze get on the subway and he like stares right at him and he just marches towards him. He walks through people to get to him. And he's like, get off my subway. And he's like knocking things out of people's hands. And yeah. So it's terrifying. It's threatening in a way that like we felt safe for Patrick Swayze. Like yeah. we've been worried about Demi more, but we felt safe for Patrick Swayze. And right. now we feel intimidated. Well, and the fact that he's hitting things and Swayze's clocking this, he's like, you're hitting things. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. But also we understood the rules to be one thing. This new information comes in to like shake that up. Yeah. And we just realize we're not in a safe place cosmically. I'm yeah. like, what can this guy do to like, him? Yeah. Because at one point in time he grabs him and like throws him kind of out of a train yeah. and it's like, okay, is he making him f- like ghost physical now? Yeah. Like what was going Whoa. on? <laughs> this is freaky. It's, it's, it's really fun. Fantasy. It is. It is really fun. Fantasy. Isn't that great? Yeah. Uh, so I can't remember what happens after, uh, Demi Moore talks to the friend, the best friend. And he's like, well, he comes back like the next day. And yeah, like, and he's sorry, like, I'm I was so sorry. Such a dick. And then he spills wine like, on himself. Oops. Oops. <laughs> sorry, let me take this off and show you my pe- my man nipples. My pecs. And so he tries to seduce Demi Moore. And he's, he's like, I'm breaking successful. bad. I'm going to just keep breaking bad. Yeah, and at this point in time, he's like, he's got the money in the bag. He's got the codes. He's like, I'm going to get me some Demi, Demi tail <laughs> and he's going to get himself on Demi glaze. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then she, she ends up saying no because Patrick Swayze in a fit of emotion knocks over a portrait of them. Yeah. So he starts to get the touch right. and he's like, Ooh, okay. So I'm, I'm figuring this out. <laughs> and then is it survivor? Whatever that band is that goes, we got the touch. Y- you yes. got the power. Yeah, I'll have to send me that one. <laughs> it's from it, Did you never watch Transformers as a kid? No. Oh, it was the it was the theme song to the movie and it was really good. Yeah, so when uh, when you're watching Cut me out. Okay. Cut me out and just put that song That's in there. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. Ryan from the future here. That is not what I did because I really wanted to hear Kelly's version and I wanted you to hear it too. So, I hope you enjoyed it. Anyways, back to the show. You got the touch. So 
he goes back to Subway Man. And he's like, "Teach me the touch." And Subway Man's like, "No, okay. I'm gonna eat oh, yeah. these. I'm gonna eat these fingernails." <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And I, he ends up convincing Tim too, and they have like a, a Padawan learnership mm-hmm. for about ten minutes. Yeah, and he's like, "It's got to be in your gut. You got to feel it." Yeah. So basically, you have to feel all your emotions, mm-hmm. and then you can move something. Yeah. And he he kicks the can. And he's like, "Ha ha." Yeah, and he, he learns how to do it, and then there's something he says, I can't remember what, but it freaks the other ghost out a lot. Yeah. And you can tell that he's, like, this is a new stakes for Patrick Swayze, is I can't become, like, this guy. Yeah. Who is just he's totally insane. lost. Yeah. Right. He's the kind of ghost that will eventually end up trying to murder people in a haunted house. Right. And he's like, I can't lose myself to the to the chasm right. of that. So he goes back, I'm trying to remember where it goes from there. He, he gets a scheme. I think that's when he goes... He and goes he, and gets Whoopi. He figures out what he can do because he's figured out, oh, yeah, he's watching what <gasps> that's uh, right. then Tony's he, doing. I think it's at this point in time that he figures out, oh, Tony's the bad, bad guy. Yeah, and so he's got this money scheme. He hears what he's going to do with the money and what it's going to take. There's like this fake name that's been made and there's going to be accounts moved around the right. next day at 3.55. Oh, and he has to save Whoopi because the guy comes to Whoopi's place of work and tries to kill her. Oh, yeah, they figure out who Whoopi is. Is. Yeah, um, and so, so it's her life. So they they figure that like they can make Whoopi up to be this person, this non-existent person, to go withdraw the money from the account before it gets like, right shipped out. Right. So it's actually a good thing that she's a con artist because she's going to have to use these con artist skills. Exactly. And so they go Gosh, to the so good, huh? <laughs> they go to the bank, and it's really fantastic because she's. She's in the regalia of like this rich old lady, this purple <laughs> yeah, dress. Pretty silly, yeah. And she, it's just a really good comic performance. And this is where Jerry Zucker really is coming in hot with mm-hmm. like getting her that pitch perfect. This is why I think she won an Oscar. Well, for and this, this is role. right, right before her uh, turn on Star Trek Next Generation, mm. which is a very different part. It's yeah. a like calm, measured yeah, she won, performance. She won Best Actress in a Supporting Role for this. Ugh. Worth it. Fantastic. Worth it. Worth it. Yeah. And so they, it, it has a lot of like close calls where she freaks out. She's like, $4 million. Yeah. And Patrick Swayze, he's like, shut up. And Demi Moore almost clocks her and she does clock her and she almost gets her in trouble, but doesn't. I was I was convinced I, that she was going to get her in trouble because yeah. she's like, this lady's a con artist. She's going to steal all your I, money. I just thought at least she was going to have to run from the bank. Yeah, totally. Um, but then Patrick Swayze forces her to give this $4 million check to a couple of nuns presupposing sister act when, yeah. <laughs> when uh, she does not want to become yeah. attached to nuns. And so this is the $4 million that Tony Goldman was going to launder. And so Patrick Swayze has now successfully taken that from away from him right under his nose. And I mean, really it's death by a thousand cuts here because I mean, he, he can't do anything about it. The, the money's gone. Mm-hmm. He freaks out. He, he, he's just like, I like if he doesn't get that money back, he owes very dangerous people more money than he can pay for. Yeah, that's what happens ever. when you break bad. The yeah. bad breaks you. Which, <laughs> you know, why did they even have five seasons, huh? Right? They could have just said that just at say the that. beginning. You hear that turn of phrase? Oscar <laughs> Ooh, well, I'm not I'm not gonna break bad anymore. Uh so he goes Who to Who needs meth? He goes to Demi Moore's place and he's like, I'm desperate. What do I do? Yeah, and she's like, Holy moly, <laughs> what am man, I supposed to do down. with this? And, um, well, actually, first... Oh, he, Patrick Swayze haunts him. 
Patrick like, Swayze starts him. to push him, literally. Yeah, because he's got the touch. But then he goes to kill. He goes and gets the other guy. Yeah, and he goes to kill kill the Whoopi Goldberg because yeah. I oh because I think they did he figure out that Whoopi Goldberg has the money yeah yeah somehow they figured out that yeah. Whoopi Goldberg has the money oh because after he visited Demi Moore Demi Moore is like I saw her at the bank today yeah and he's like mm, mm. that person is connected and I think since I got haunted by he's Ghost like, Swayze I'm, I think that's what's going on I'm really I'm really stressed out now and it looks like I'm on a lot of coke yeah <laughs> so he. Patrick Swayze figures it out. Oh, th- the suspense is so good where he like, he's like, they're coming to your apartment. Get out now. Yeah. And her and her sisters who help her with her business, like run at yeah. the same time. It's great. I, I like Whoopi's line, by the way. I like, yeah, you're pretty cute for a white boy. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, is that him? He's cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she gets safe. Uh, the, the mugger gets hit by a car. Yeah, and he it's gets taken terrifying. by the bad people. So I saw this movie first when I was probably like ten or eleven, mm-hmm. and the idea of these shadowy demons that oh. make scary like Rankin Bass looking yeah. faces and drag you to hell was terrifying. Yeah, to me. it's so scary. Even as janky animation as it is, mm-hmm. it's still terrifying. I honestly think the way they could have. Fixed that because I think the animation is not too bad, and I think yeah. it all coming from the shadows actually helps it. But they just needed not to have eyes. I think yeah. it makes things like that scarier. Thinking Dementors, thinking Nazgul. The, yeah, the, totally. The eyes, if they're not concrete and they're moving around, it's hard for us to f- feel scared by them. Totally. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So the mugger gets killed, has the same like realization of seeing his own dead body on the ground. And then he sees Patrick Swayze and Swayze's like, you just got swayze <laughs> Yeah. But then Patrick Swayze, when he sees him like getting dragged away, he's like, Ooh, oh, damn, I, I didn't want to do that. But before the bad demon things come from, there is this, like, I had this feeling of like, Oh shit. Is the mugger going to try and do something to Swayze? And like, and Swayze's going to break his, he's going to rip his throat <laughs> out. <laughs> Cobra. <laughs> Is there going to be this weird cosmic battleground for them Mm. where it's like this, this is okay. I'm not going to rewrite the movie, but if I did, this is what I would do. Okay. And I, this is also something you could have done later in the movie as well, because spoiler alert, the bad guy, the other bad guy also gets killed and also gets dragged to hell. Yes. Um, that's when, when they're the bad ghosts, they could start doing some weird ass possession, like evil ghost shit. Mm. And only Patrick Swayze in this ethereal world can fight back against it. They don't go there, but they could have. Yeah, I guess they could have. Like, I think, um, but I guess that would mean that like whenever a bad person dies, like a bunch of bad stuff happens around them. Well, we see that ghosts can possess people. Ghosts, yes, but yeah. these seem not to be ghosts. No, these not are the already... demony things. Not yeah. the demony things. Oh. I'm saying the bad oh, guys the bad that guys. die, yeah, do evil could do evil things, right? Because like that, the guy on the train, it doesn't seem evil, but he seems on his way to yeah, being. He's just kind of off his rocker, and like it, it could be one of those things where it's like. You know, if this is if it was a horror movie, you would have the ghost possess the person that they wanted to kill and throw themselves off a building. Right. And I I, I think like it, we're I think we're just both glad that he didn't have any unfinished business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like he seemed like a guy that lived for the now. Yeah. So the 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 bad guy and maybe that's the, that's the thing in this cosmic 
setting, the bad dudes don't get a chance to do to cause like havoc on no, Earth. They no. just get dragged to hell before yeah. they can even do anything. So yeah, that's yeah, what happens. Yeah, that's that's the so justice. There's, yeah, there's the and, balance. And really, Patrick Swayze, as he's like after he sees him dead, he like calls him out. And he's like, "You're dead, man." Mm-hmm. He has a vengeful like justice kind yeah. of ghost ghostliness to him. And I was like, whoa, this Ooh. is, it's not super dark as a turn is concerned, but like the vengeance is real. Yeah. But I do like the empathy that we get from him or the sympathy yeah, where he looks like, at him dragging away. He's like, Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, which sets us up for the, the later sympathy then. Yeah. So he goes back, it's him, Whoopi and Demi Moore mm. and they, they call the cops. Yeah. And, Demi or Whoopi gets to come clean and is like, don't worry about it. But you know, he's here. Just I'll help you guys talk. Yeah. And then it becomes, I'll help you guys screw. (laughs) (laughs) Not really, but she does allow, because we're taught earlier on, I, there's a really good scene where Patrick Swayze comes back to the psychic place and she's just surrounded by ghosts. Yeah. He's like, the hell happened? She's like, look what you've done. (laughs) And she gets possessed by like this this guy and mm-hmm. is able to kick him out, but it leaves this ghost really tired. Yeah. And so it like really teaches us like oh, what's right. going to happen. That's this movie's so good because it's just like all right, we're establishing the rules, we're showing you how it works, and then we're going to put it into practice later. But you have what we what you needed to understand the stakes. Well, yeah. With each new rule that comes into play, they do a practice run of it, mm-hmm. um, and so he. Patrick Swayze is allowed to possess Whoopi, who then dances with Demi. And but it's filmed like we see Whoopi's take her hand, Whoopi's hands take Demi's hands, mm-hmm. but they're really Patrick Swayze's using her hands. Mm-hmm. But then we cut to it's Patrick Swayze holding her. Yeah. If they made this movie today, they wouldn't have brought Patrick Swayze in. I think they would have done. I if I could rewrite the movie, I'd mm-hmm. like to do it here. You write your first draft with your heart. And you rewrite with your head. I don't want to have one or the other. I want both. Oh, okay. So there there were these really big pillars in there, right? And yeah. there's a time yeah, where they're I drifting around. I thought they around. were going to do that too. Yeah. I really did just want like a, depending on where we were, mm-hmm. like, you know, if, if she was being felt by the hand yeah. in some way, it would be very personally Patrick. But yeah. if she was like, like holding if it, there would just be moments where we caught the fact that it was her, that yeah. it was, it was Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. But I mean, it was gr- good as it was. It just felt like the scene got a little saccharine because we didn't see Whoopi. There was something about like the lack of realism in going back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still a nice scene. Yeah, totally. And it's very classic, like between that and the, um, pottery scene earlier, it's one of the two scenes probably most known from the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. They do really good pot in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, so bad guy shows up, they have to run up to the next floor. Patrick Swayze is tired. Yeah. It's like, Oh, well, I can't help. Ah. And so they're defending themselves in a classic 80s, like dark, dingy place with sharp metallic objects. And he's it's, like, it's just another apartment waiting for a nice couple to get it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, there's struggles, there's fights. Uh, Patrick Swayze is weak uh, in the knees. But but he saves Whoopi, then he saves Demi. Yeah. And 
I mean, the death is like, it's interesting because you, you could do it where Patrick Swayze like throws him out a window. Yeah. But he's really hoisted on his own petard yeah. here. Yeah. He gets, uh, these, this glass falls on him and impales his body Oof. and he dies. Pro- pretty quick way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And again, um, this guy becomes a ghost and sees his dead body and is pulled away by the demons. And mm-hmm. this is where I thought, oh, he's going to have this evil, like, oh, I'm going to be an evil ghost now. Right. But yeah, he and he like possesses Whoopi or something. Yeah, like I thought that's what was going to happen. And then Patrick would have to like jump into Whoopi too. And they'd, there'd be like a soul and Whoopi would be like, ah, I've got all these ghosts in me. <laughs> oh, I'm full of ghosts. I'm full of ghosts. <laughs> Maybe it was a good idea they didn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll save it for another movie. Yeah, huh? Ghost 2. Uh, so <laughs> ghost two, I'm whoopee and I've got two ghosts in me. Oh no. I'm whoopee. Uh, so, and they're like, we're making whoopee in this whoopee. <laughs> exactly. The, the light shows up. We get this ghostly apparition of Patrick Swayze. She can hear his voice first and then we see him. I love the look of him. It's like this combination of janky special effects, but also like actually looks kind of romantic in this really weird light. What's your... It is. It's actually, I, it really, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, I, well, lore wise though, this is the only part where I was like, okay, I'm going to have to do some mental math as to why you can see him. Um, I think she was being granted the sight. Yeah. By like powers that be. Because, yeah. Because the powers that be granted that to Whoopi Goldberg. Like for some reason, not that she could see him, but she can hear him. Sure. So for some reason, she has the gift to hear him. Right. And so she has this very temporary gift for limited time only, the ability to see him. And yeah. That's it. I yeah. For me, it was almost like the way I was trying to put it together at in the moment. Yeah. It was like okay, he had possessed Whoopi, and Whoopi had like been touching her as him and so she's got some like residual ghosty energy yeah. on her or something whatever way you want to do it i don't think it's something that needs to be explained but very easily could have been it, explained it's, a, it's abstract or poetic you be, know yeah be, it's you could either leave it poetic or you could just throw in a line of whoopie explaining in the middle of the movie of like there's this lineage of people who can interact with ghosts Mostly you can only hear them, but there have been accounts yeah. of being able to see them once in a while. Yeah, it's like, because she has her sisters, maybe you could do something where, like, her, when her mom did it, her sisters helped. And every once in a while, they could swear that they saw a ghost yeah. or something. We don't understand why this is. Some no. say love, some say this, but whatever it is, I... <laughs> some say it's 20s. <laughs> yeah, some... And some say it's $1,000 in a cashier's check. Then you can see anything. <laughs> then you can see anything. Um, but yeah. I've seen everything. <laughs> it's this beautiful, beautiful ending. And I, for a second, thought, well, is he just going to like become like physical again and just be like, mission accomplished. Let's, <laughs> let's go to Vegas, baby. <laughs> this movie's now just called Human. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, he he goes in the light. It's very beautiful. Yeah. And he leaves. And it's it's a nice version of our story that we don't usually get where the couple in question is brought together at the end yeah only to let each other go which is a very bittersweet ending but i like it yeah it's it is interesting when they do this in ps i love you when the desecrated body of gerard butler comes back to life as a zombie yeah (laughs) (laughs) Ah! all right he gerard butler doesn't want brains what does he want <laughs> me need brains. Me need me need booty. 
<laughs> me need emotions. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't do that either. So that's Ghost. That's what did you Ghost. Think of, what did you think of Ghost? Loved what do you Ghost. Ghost. I loved Ghost. Ghost is a. It, it's like. It we we've watched a couple of '80s movies recently. We've done not recently, but let me let me just Mystic take pizza. movies that are. We did Mystic Pizza. We did. Uh, Footloose, we've done Dirty Dancing, mm-hmm. we've done this now, and this is up there for me. Yeah, I really like it. This is like a four point five for me. Four point five for me. Yeah, it's just such a cinematically, plot wise, it's just a well made movie. Yeah, and for our genre, the romance that they're touching on is so felt. Yeah, yeah, and it's and so it's good. not it's not complicated by like any other romances like you know in the movie it's not like we have another couple that's doing something or whatever it's just the romance between our two people the obstacles that they face yeah it's great yeah fantastic um well on that note let's take a break and come back with trope talk trope talk and we're back with trope talk it's like ghost talk because that's what we're talking about. Oh, it's ghost. It's ghost talk. We're just talk- it's, it's, it's just literally favorite. ghost talk. It's one of my favorite kind yeah, of we're talks. We're just doing ghost talk. Yeah, it's ghost talk. All right. Yeah. All right. That's uh, good. The trope I'm bringing forward today. Mm. Uh, Approach the bench. Is supernatural romance. <laughs> and what is the supernatural romance able to do that natural romance can't, can't do. do? Sometimes <laughs> jump really high. <laughs> so you've got... You've got vampires in love, sure. or one's a vampire, the other is a, you know, pale, pasty white kid. Usually that's the kind, mm-hmm. yeah. You have, uh, there's a lot of versions of this I just Googled of the time travel romance, whether it's mm. about time or the time traveler's wife, wife, mm-hmm. the time traveler's husband, the mm-hmm. time traveler's cousin's wife's husband. The time traveler's grandma. <laughs> um, you have, you know, Bride of Frankenstein. You mm. have mm-hmm. um, any other... I can't think of any werewolf lovers, but I'm sure there's some. Well, I mean, if I mean, just wait until we watch New Moon. Yeah, there is werewolf Ow! lovers in there as well. So, what do we get when we get to bring in the supernatural, the fantasy? Why? What? What can we say about love when we do that? Well, I mean, I would almost even put something. This is a little different than what you're talking about, but something like James Bond, where our character isn't necessarily supernatural, but they are so gifted that mm-hmm. what we end up doing with them is supernaturally loving, not loving, but usually lusting in James Bond, for instance, where mm-hmm. it's like at the end of this movie, we're in space having sex. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's, that's my, it's, that's James Bond, baby. It's elevated storytelling. Right. And it's much more dramatic. Like moments are much more dramatic when it's with someone extraordinarily like James Bond. Right. But I, I think in something more like what you're talking about, um, we're, led into this private world that is the world of fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that immediately gives us a closeness. Like if this one person is involved with this other person that seems special or is involved in a special world, yeah, then their relationship feels at least to us, the audience as more unique and interesting. Yeah. And we're like, ah, Obviously, this is going to present a whole new set of challenges, and love's already complicated enough. Right. And someone like Edward Cullen is a character who represents 
aspects of the masculine, you know, every man, but is super elevated and, you know, is more dangerous than, you know, the the bad boy because of literally he's a vampire. He's literally more dangerous. Right. And I mean, that makes him different, but he has like a lot of powers that make up for it. But if it's just something fantastical and different, like a Edward Scissorhands, mm-hmm. we have him and Winona Ryder and they're having like this like noir twee romance, but all of the things about Edward that makes him different. Another Edward, by the way, Mm. um, makes their relationship more difficult, but it's, it's the beauty of her loving him through that difference that we love about that relationship. Yeah. And in, in ghost, it's like, all right, Patrick Swayze's dead. Yeah. So the fact that she still loves him means that they're, and he still loves her, has like this dual kind of love that is different because one's very sad and one's very like haunting. Yeah. Um, But we have these two kind of loves that existed beyond life, which makes that love special. Yeah. and, And those moments where it's like, she thinks that she can still feel him even though she can't. And we're like, but you can. He's in the room right now. You can feel him. That's what's happening. And we have those those strange moments in life that we can feel someone even though they're gone. But we have that feeling of it. It felt real and it, it has to be real. And that's what these movies can do. It's like maybe, maybe it is real in a sense. Maybe it's only in your head or maybe it's not. And I like that dignifying of such, a, such an idea. Yeah, because I mean, there's... There were probably times that she felt like that even when he wasn't there. But the fact that she was, we, the audience, are given permission to say, hey, next time that happens to you, who knows? Yeah, because it's, it is, there's something, it's hard to literally describe what it is to love someone so much that you can still feel them in your heart. Yeah, and as you say that, it makes me think of the fantasy that love brings up in all of us at times where it's like, ah, I'm in love with this person out there. I wonder if they're thinking about me. Yeah. Like that is a, that is a question of fantasy, right? What is that person thinking about right now? Well, I hope it's this. And if it is this, maybe it means this. Yes. That's living in a world of fantasy that could be real. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just that, that idea of fate Mm -hmm. and just two people so perfectly, you know, made for each other that it, it was the fates that brought them, brought them together. And it would have been, maybe it would have been nice if the end of Ghost, there was like a supernatural reason that she was able to see him. And it was something to do, even if it was a Disney reason of her love was what let her see mm-hmm. him and the form that he takes. But it, it doesn't even have to be explained though, because it is, she sees him. Yeah. You know, yeah. take what you will from that. He is known to her. Mm-hmm. You know, I let's not talk about it really much anymore. But the I like a good fantasy adventure romance mm-hmm. as well when it's something like, you know, Avatar or Lord of the Rings, where we have like two characters that are fighting the good fight yeah. together, mm-hmm. and it's just like sometimes we we want to champion these two people who are fighting the good fight, and we want to champion them in love. Yeah, and when they can't be together, we're like, well, at least you're fighting the good fight out there <laughs> and and it just it gives us more to root for a lot of the time yeah because we like them yeah you know mm-hmm. and we're rooting for them uh that's supernatural romance Ooh, 15 me, seasons of it let me get out the um collections 
uh, was that thing church the collection tin? Is it tin? Mine it's always had tin. handles and there's a little bag on it. Uh, mine was like it. a big deep platter. Yeah. Well, let's pass out the. Did big, you ever drop the collection platter? Tin? Oh no, that would be embarrassing. <laughs> I did once. Oh. It was mainly like people. People mainly put checks in, but this one had like a bunch of coins that probably some kids put in there and it would just went like, (laughs) well, I'm not going to drop that because it's digital. So that's okay. Um, (laughs) That's a law. The Patreon this month, we've got a new update. We've got a new poll. It's a new month. And it's, um, this is what I wrote. I said, November poll, pick our next movie. It's Matthew McConaughey. Hey, hey, hey. All right, all right, all right. Time. <laughs> hey, that's good. Nobody's so, ever done that before. Yeah, pick a McConaughey. <laughs> yeah, first time ever. Pick your McConaughey. We've got Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Failure to Launch, Wedding Planner. We just posted it about an hour ago, and Wedding Planner is currently winning. And these are all pre the McConaissance. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Ghost of Girlfriend's Past was post reconnaissance. Oh, it was? Yeah. Okay. Um, but hey, all's fair in love and war when it comes oh, to McConaughey. Oh, yeah, very much so. <laughs> okay. We also have essays. Read one by Kelly. What's it about? Coming no up one this knows. week. I don't know. I've I've been really busy writing a script. You'll I'm really see. sorry. It, you ever do that thing, Rye, where you, like, you are burdened with a task and then somebody asks you to do a similar task to that task and you're like no way no, thank you i will not be doing kind that. of how i've been recently I'll not and be i apologize taking no worries uh we also will have very soon hopefully by now maybe a little bit after this a episode bonus episode on gilmore girls season five will we ryan we will <laughs> i've been i watched several episodes in the past 24 hours um that life and death brigade whew it's such a great episode. It's so fun. That one is directed by Kenny Ortega, who was the dance choreographer yep. in Dirty Dancing. Yep. I, I remember us looking up that he had also done Gilmore mm-hmm. Girls episodes and how happy that made yeah. us. There's a crossover here. He also did the episode They Shoot Gilmore's, Don't They? Which is the all-night dance All night dance-off, yeah. Oh, man. He's always there for, like, the big ones. The big, like, changes. Yeah. Because, like, that one is where she basically falls in love with Logan. And then the dance one is when she, she breaks f- up with Dean. Yeah. Oof. And goes for it with it's Jess. big. <laughs> okay. That's going to be the bonus episode. We get into it, as we always do, with the Gilmore Girls oh, yes. episodes. But We get into it with the Gilmore Girls. Yeah. So, other things that people can get into is my really cool Golden Sword collection. She... A blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The Golden Sword. Um, Uh, Oh, so you're going to tell me. I'm going to go first. Oh, okay. Um, Can I go first? By all means. I'm going to go first. Uh... Let's just look up who that is. Elrond. I think we just decided <laughs> Elrond made the golden swords. Yeah. Um, Vincent Schiavelli, who is the subway ghost. The character ah. actor, Vincent Schiavelli. I'm not giving him an, an award. I'm giving him a the sword. sword. Yeah. And I, I just, wow, you have this presence that is so scary and it's <laughs> so like perfect for this movie. It like... It kind of ties the whole movie together. It really does. You like, know? I think he's the linchpin that makes this world work. Yeah. Uh, so, way to go. Okay. Um, I 
I really did think, and maybe now is the time we can do a little laughing about it, but having, having felt so recently, like whenever you hear somebody cough, like you're like, Ooh, don't cough near me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's especially scary, uh, little gag for them to do in post COVID times. And so they would think that think twice about that in watching it though, like I was, I was given a little bit of that, like salty humor that I needed in, in this, like this time period. Yeah. And I, I really liked it. It made me chuckle so hard. <laughs> and Patrick Swayze's just such a good, like, oh man, no, really? Yeah. Uh, You're not so supposed to touch anybody? To no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so the comedy of that scene just gets the golden sword for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> How are you feeling? What the doctor say? He um, said that it was contagious. That it was really. No. Yeah. He said that I shouldn't even be coming in today. <laughs> what about the rash? <coughs> the rash? Mm-hmm. The rash is um, also incredibly contagious. He said it both been spreading. No. <coughs> <coughs> on your genitals again? Yeah. Yeah, right on the genitals. Basically everywhere. <coughs> he said that I shouldn't touch anyone. <coughs> Excuse me. Um... Comet, the comedy of that golden sword just gets the scene for me. <laughs> so what are you what are you what are you gonna give this movie? Are you gonna maybe give this movie a rom com Oscar? Thank you for saying that. <laughs> um hmm, have I given best screenplay out? At this point in time, man, Maybe. I don't know. We need somebody to make a Wikia for us. Uh, La Femme Wikia? <laughs> if, it's not taken, it's <laughs> if it's not taken, trademark that. Um, so, best screenplay. I just think it's yeah. such a solidly built story yeah. that everything is very firmly structured of like, we're in this fantasy world, but it's not like Lord of the Rings fantasy, but there are rules, there are stakes, and there's there's magic that can be bent, and there's magic that cannot be broken. Right. Yep. And that's what makes it feel scary. And you hate that in other fantasy movies where it's like, the the special thing happens because it's like, uh, it needed to happen. It's like, well, but then th- this world doesn't work. Yes. I, you know, I... I I can't fault you for that. Can we give it a best original screenplay just so yeah, that in case yeah. you want to give it if an adapted adapt, one out? Yeah. yeah. Best original screenplay, the magic rules and magic rules Woo-hoo! and the romance and the characters, everything's top notch. Totally. I'm just have to put this out there just cause you made me think of it, but O'Doyle also O'Doyle rules. rules. <laughs> uh, I was going to give this movie best villain mm-hmm. just because he's so, desperate and chaotic there's this time where he's he knows that patrick swayze's after him and they're in the kitchen and he like grabs a knife and he's like i'm gonna kill her and yet you see him go from zero at the beginning of this movie all the way to like way past the red line yeah and but you always believe it you do always believe it because you 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 believe the pressure you believe that he is his broken bad along these steps and you see his turns. It's yeah. not like they happen off screen. Yeah. And so almost did, but I think I'm going to give it best sex scene. Oh yeah. Just, because it's so, you feel it. It's very passionate, you know? but it's, I, I'm, I want to be there guys. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a good sex scene. And the fact that it, 
like that it was set up by he you know how he destroys her initial like, yeah, it's like oh creation. He's like, no. oh man. Hope that wasn't a mess. She doesn't get mad at him at all. Yeah. It's it's she's just like, Ugh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, Well, here, let, let me help you. Yeah. It's so sexual. Like she's she's just stroking the clay like it is a giant Oof. penis. <laughs> and but then like the actual sex scene itself, with all of that foreplay, just feels perfect. See, I wouldn't even necessarily term it a sex scene. I would call it a good old fashioned love scene. Oh like, yeah. They're going to have a love scene now. Right. Yeah. They're making love. You know, yeah. they're making whoopee. What, wait, what nope. are you doing here? Nope. That's not your turn yet. Whoopee. Whoopee. Get, get, get back later. <laughs> later. Come back. She's like, possess me. <laughs> Do it now. I want to touch those back muscles. <laughs> so yeah, I, I concur. Mm. And it's not about eroticism per se. It's about what we can learn not even learn but feel these characters yeah feel that's why this relationship. it is more sensual yeah plus yeah exactly yeah. it's mm. like well i'm already attracted to patrick swayze now i just, and to me yeah i have more ammunition now yeah okay uh, well that leads me to a very important and relevant question mm-hmm. of who would you fall in love with are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul. And I love, I love, I love you. I know. Tony Goldwyn. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> You're great. You look, I love your abs Not in this Not complicated movie. at all. No, no. No. Who would you fall in love with? I guess Demi Moore. I mean, it's it's split right down the middle between Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. Yeah, it's a tough call. But I'm just a little bit more heterosexual, so I'm just. I, I guess I'll go with Demi Moore. It's like, sure. you know, it's a real toss up in terms of personality. Sure. Um, I think. I think I'm. I already feel the things that Patrick feels about life Mm -hmm. and having having someone to be like hey everything's great right now Mm -hmm. sounds good and so i'm also gonna go with the me and she would be a very good partner to have yeah right do you think did you like all of her art uh i i couldn't tell if it was all done by her or she collected things because i don't think she built that wurlitzer (laughs) no (laughs) that's a piece of art right (laughs) it's a beautiful Uh, sculpture yeah, I, I think I think I liked most of her sculptures in this movie. So I was like, yeah, yeah, this wouldn't be hard because you know <laughs> you know that thing if you're dating an artist but you don't like their art, how tough that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Robin, I like your stuff. Yeah, you're a lucky man. I mean, yeah. Sarah's a good artist in her way. She just doesn't share enough of it. She's go- she's starting to more. Robin actually came home the other day and she was like, you know what? Sarah's talking to me more about art these Very days. Very creative. Yeah, yeah. and. Man, Sarah's the best because she's a really good singer. She is a really good writer, and I just want her to do more of it publicly. Mm-hmm. So this is my call for that. She also makes good shelves. Yes, solid <laughs> shelves. I, I don't. Uh, that's more crafty. She's my handy woman. Yeah, yeah. There's a good Instagram viral story I saw. It's like trophy wives sometimes are trophy wives, and sometimes they're the handy person around the house. Like, get Sarah. She's the one who builds things and fixes things, because I can't do that. Maybe she's a trophy wife in the respect that she can build you a shelf to put your trophies trophies. on. Yeah, That's exactly what it is. 
I on that note, that's Ghost. Loved it. Uh, do we know what next week is? Yes. I think we had a, a we're, plan we're, for this month. I think we're watching Rosalind. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We have to catch up on last month. Rosaline came out. Rosaline. It's on Hulu. Uh, so get your Hulu subscriptions, people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can just, you know, you can do that first month free thing if, yeah. you, if you really want to. Borrow a password. I know they don't like you doing Hulu. that. Hulu. Does uh, Hulu have like a, uh, you know, a, you know how Disney Plus has the good cheek? Yeah. Does, does Hulu have that one? Hulu's like green. <laughs> you know who's the worst is Paramount's, where it's it like has a certain amount of things happening, but the sound that it makes, there's like one too many sounds, Ugh. and so it doesn't ever land correctly. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Who's is the best? Yeah. Who's? Yeah. Um, you gotta hand it to the OG Netflix. Yeah. OG. OG. It's, it's pretty good, especially like with the the rainbow effect. Yeah. 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 So much so that my son goes, da-da, da-da. You know, actually, if I'm giving it like all time, I'd probably give it to NBC. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, okay. That's the original. I, I didn't know if those were allowed because this is like the beginning of the streaming, like, because it's both vi- audio and visual, you know, because the, the NBCs, the CBSs, the ABCs, they had different call signs all over the place. Yeah, I, I like I'll give it to Netflix, but then but then if, NBC if I was going older NBC. The Peacock. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Kelly, I love you so much that if I died, I would haunt your house and I would luckily there's no cat for me to freak out. So, I would just continue not freaking out any cats in your house. Oh, great. Well, there's two cats in your house and so I'd make this place crazy. That's how much you love me? Yes. All right. I, feel, I love you. I feel the love. <laughs> and this is where we will say a goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe. We'll even take a bribe. So see you next week on the Gentleman's Guide. The rom-coms. <laughs>